It's the end of June, beginning of July here in the United States, and that means that we are nearing the end of a very patriotic couple of weeks. We're going to talk a little bit about all of the different days that we celebrated end of June, beginning of July, and we're then going to talk a little bit about patriotic music. All of that on this episode of Tom Said What? into this episode as i said we are at the end of june beginning of july here in the united states in the year 2023 and something that i've come to notice as a music teacher over the last many years but kind of strikingly more recently is that the end of june and beginning of july every year in the summer right in the heart of those summer months for those of us in this particular part of the northern hemisphere we have a lot of our patriotic holidays kind of all jammed right on up next to each other now some of them are kind of minor and some of them are new to the general public consciousness is the way i'll say it say it and some of them are celebrated by everybody but there are at least three important patriotic holidays that happen from the middle of june until the beginning of july every year and they're ones that i think everyone should be aware of in the united states and uh should celebrate um although two of them are much more minor at the moment than the other ones that have you know come before anyway let's get down to this so starting in the middle of june june 14th in the united states is flag day and i've always known that june 14th has been flag day it commemorates the day in 1777 when the Second Continental Congress, the same body that um, drafted and signed the Declaration of Independence just a little less than a year before on July 4th, 1776, they also came up with a proclamation stating that as a new country, the now known as the United States of America should have its own flag. And as a music teacher, I actually decided to pull out this idea and I taught a quick lesson on it because then I played for my students the piece of music written by John Philip Sousa, Stars and Stripes Forever. We will talk about that in the second half and potentially listen to a little clip of that particular piece of music because there's something really cool in it that I want to share with you if I can uh, make sure that happens later on. But um, the proclamation 
by the Second Continental Congress stated exactly what the new flag of the new country should be. Um, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit here because I don't have the quote directly in front of me, but the proclamation stated that the flag should be um, alternating red and white stripes, 13 of them, to represent the 13 colonies that had become the original 13 states, and that the Union should be a field of stars on a field of blue in a new constellation. Um, the classic image, for those of you who study or have studied American history, the supposed Betsy Ross flag, it has those original 13 stars in a circle shape representing a new union. The idea of the circle being the strongest shape because it has no corners and therefore it is a continuous loop. It's why we use rings as a symbol of marriage because they are continuous and strong um, and things like that. Um, so that original flag, 13 stripes alternating red and white and 13 stars. Uh, those who um, also understand a little bit about American history know that then they have added a star for every state in the Union and that we eventually get to 50 stars on the flag um, but maintain just those 13 stripes representing those original 13 colonies. So that's that first kind of um, patriotic holiday that is in June that is Flag Day. All right then a relative newcomer to the federal level this has been celebrated across the country in various parts of the country for many many years but the holiday known as Juneteenth it is celebrated on June 19th every year and actually has been commemorated since 1865 it commemorates the day that the last group of people were enslaved in Texas. The Union Army, the Northern Army in the American Civil War, finally got into that part of Texas and declared to them the Emancipation Proclamation, which, if my history serves me correct, was at least two years earlier, um, therefore making slavery illegal and freeing all of the slaves in the areas controlled by the Union Army and the Union Army came into this last part of Texas to take control of it and therefore freed all of the slaves. They were the last group of people to be enslaved in the United States and therefore that is the official end of slavery in the United States. And so this has been a holiday that has been celebrated in certain communities throughout the country and unfortunately was not celebrated in the communities where I grew up and so was kind of new to me when it then suddenly became a federal holiday. So for those of you who may not necessarily understand this, there are kind of differentiating levels of holidays within the United States and it's kind of built around which government 
agency or which level of government actually recognizes that particular holiday or that particular celebration and for what reasons it celebrates or it recognizes those particular celebrations. So you have, at the lowest level, you could have a local holiday. For example, my town, the town I live in, Founders Day is in the middle of September every year, I believe September 16th. And the weekend closest to that day in the town of Romeoville is when they have Founders Day Parade. They have all of the different, you know, organizations within the town and all the different um, uh, schools do their marching bands and stuff like that. And they all get together and they all march in that local parade. Now, it's a holiday only celebrated within the town of Romeoville. So most businesses still stay open. Most, you know, all the banks and stuff would stay open, except I think it's mostly done on a Sunday. So banks are closed on Sundays anyways. At least most banks are closed on Sundays here in the United States. Going above that, you have state level holidays. One of the big ones here in um, the state of Illinois, where I live, is they celebrate Kashmir Pulaski Day. That's one of the Mondays in the month of March. Kazimierz Pulaski was a Polish general who helped fight in the American Civil War. Um, one of the fun facts about Northern Illinois is that Chicago, by per capita, like so per the people that live in the city of Chicago, has the second highest Polish population outside of like Warsaw, Poland, which is hilarious <laughs> to think about. Um, the fact that um, a Polish city that you would think would have everyone in that city is mostly Polish. There's a greater number of people living in Chicago, Illinois that are of Polish descent. Um, but anyway, so the state of Illinois celebrates Kashmir Pulaski Day, and that's a state holiday. And then you have your major holidays, things like Memorial Day, uh, Labor Day, um, Fourth of July, um, Christmas and Easter both get recognized as well. Those are federal holidays. Those are days that the federal government, the government based in Washington, D.C., they recognize that. And so therefore, like all the federal, like federally run places will be closed for that day. Things like the post office, you know, um, unfortunately, like police and fire don't get those days off because, you know, those emergency services still have to be on uh, for those what if, uh, you know, emergencies and things like that. So Juneteenth, while it had been celebrated and has been celebrated in Texas ever since, I believe, 1865, um, it became a federal holiday. June 19th is now that federal holiday and therefore banks are closed and the post office is closed and all that kind of stuff that happens. And so um, it reached kind of a status now where people are 
having to, you know, acknowledge it and accept it as a particular holiday that is commemorating a specific time in our history. Now, um, that kind of caught some people off guard. It did catch me a little bit off guard because I wasn't sure what this particular holiday was. Um, but then when I found out about it, I was like, why haven't we been celebrating it all along? Although, I will say my initial reaction to it, and this was a bad take on my part. I'm going to completely admit this. Why did we need another patriotic holiday in June? In fact, five days um, after we had Flag Day. Why weren't we making Flag Day the federal holiday? But that was a bad take on my part. I can tell from years of thinking about it that that was a bad take on my part. Um, but I also don't think we're seeing as big of a push to celebrate this Juneteenth as we maybe could because it's only been a federal holiday for about two or three years at this point. So I think give it a little bit of time and it should kind of blend into this whole patriotic like trio that I'm kind of setting up as this end of June, beginning of July, kind of, in my own thinking. At least I hope it kind of does this, so then we can hit all three of them. Like, we start being very patriotic in June 14th with Flag Day, we keep it going into the 19th with Juneteenth, and then we got a couple of weeks until we get to the granddaddy of them all. I've already mentioned it at least twice in this episode so far, the 4th of July. The date that we commonly cite as the birthday of the United States. July 4th, 1776, the date that they signed the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, and among those rights are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I believe I got that quotation correct. If I'm paraphrasing, please call me out and uh, let me know if I did that incorrectly. But that famous first line of the Declaration of Independence and that date, that 4th of July, every year gets commemorated with fireworks and celebrations and parties and barbecues and all sorts of amazing kinds of ways of celebrating the American experience in almost a limitless number of ways and so that's our kind of patriotic trio this time of year that i think we should be like just completely like embracing and understanding and all that amazing stuff so flag day juneteenth fourth of july are three major patriotic holidays that are happening right now Hopefully, none of this has been super new new news to any of you, but uh, if you're from outside of the United States, welcome to this super interesting kind of time of year. I remember as a kid, not really celebrating Flag Day. I didn't know anything about Juneteenth, so then 4th of July was always that big patriotic holiday right in the middle of the summer. And if you were to ask me as a kid, the three patriotic holidays that I would string together to like kind of bookend and like give like a focus to a summer would have been Memorial Day, 
which is celebrated at on the last Monday of May every year. That's to commemorate all of those people who have died in the service of the United States, in the military and first responders and all of that. Fourth of July, right smack dab in the middle, okay? And then Labor Day, which is always celebrated on that first Monday in September. Um, that as a day to get that day off as a um, celebration of the work of workers unions in the mid 1800s or late 1800s early 1900s in the United States and so as a kid I would have strung those three patriotic holidays bookending the summer Memorial Day starts it Labor Day ends it and the 4th of July smack dab in the middle and as a kid when 4th of July rolled around I knew my summer was probably about half over leading into that next upcoming school year nowadays as an adult they're just kind of just days on the calendar just helping to pass the time as it goes along um, especially with my school year schedule we didn't get out of school until June 16th so we'd already celebrated flag day before my school was even out for the summer and then we've only had about two weeks of summer vacation and we're just about on to the 4th of July so it's not quite in the middle anymore it's kind of like in the beginning of my summer at this point but uh, yeah this is a really interesting time uh, of year every year to kind of have those three sort of back-to-back all right, um, I've talked enough about this. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to touch on a couple of my favorite patriotic pieces of music because that totally just flows from our discussion of these three big patriotic holidays that we are celebrating at the end of June, beginning of July every year. All right, and welcome back. As I said before, we're gonna dive a little bit into a few of my favorite um, patriotic pieces of music, um, befitting the fact that we just were talking about some of the important patriotic holidays that happen around this time of year. Anyways, we're going to start with one for Flag Day, the one I mentioned earlier. We're going to talk about John Philip Sousa's Stars and Stripes Forever, a march that he wrote in um, 1898, I want to say, 1896. I think I'm getting that date wrong at the moment. But um, again, he named it Stars and Stripes Forever, representing the flag of the United States, the Stars and Stripes, as we talked about earlier in the proclamation that came from the Second Continental Congress. The flag was to be a set of stripes and stars representing the country. And so John Philip Sousa wrote this march, um, Stars and Stripes Forever, over a hundred years after that proclamation happened, by the way. And then it became so popular of a piece of music as a popular 
patriotic piece of music that in i want to say 1987 um the united states congress declared it the national march of the united states it was a really cool kind of honor to bestow upon a piece of music that it has become a symbol of the united states originally written about a symbol of the United States, and I think that's a really cool kind of thing. Um, musically, featured in this particular march is a really cool part um, that ha features a really cool instrument, the piccolo. For those of you unfamiliar with your musical instruments, the piccolo is the kind of younger, like, relative to the flute. It is about half the size and plays about an octave higher than the regular flute does. And so it has a really cool kind of like register that makes it really easy to hear even over an entire band performance. And so Philip, John Philip Sousa, he knows this and he writes this really cool piccolo solo for it um in this particular piece and it's one of the more famous ones and they use this as a very patriotic piece of music throughout the year um especially around fourth of july they bring it out um and it's a really cool piece and i love sharing it with you here is a clip from the united states marine corps band performing stars and stripes forever again written by john philip Sousa. here's just a bit of it Stars and Stripes Forever, again, written by John Philip Sousa. Um, the clip we listened to started with that piccolo solo and then went into uh, the um, conclusion with the entire band performing um, in there. Okay. Now, this is a little bit of a cop-out, but one of my other really favorite pieces of patriotic music is simply our national anthem um the official title is the star spangled banner um words written by francis scott key but then the the melody the, the music was written by a gentleman by the name of john stafford smith now the song that john stafford smith wrote was a completely different song but then they just took that melody that he'd written for a completely different song, which I believe 
commonly and I think incorrectly maybe I would have to look into the actual research on this it was actually like a drinking song that was actually written in England at a certain point in time and they take that melody and they put it to the words that Francis Scott Key wrote in the poem that he had written. And I don't remember if the actual title of the poem was The Star-Spangled Banner or not, or if it was on um, the attack of Fort Sumner or something like that. Um, but again, the words by Francis Scott Key, the music by John Stafford Smith, just the American National Anthem, one that I've always been a big fan of. Um, I will sing a little bit of it for you. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light. I love that line, right? Because they're saying, can you see by the early, early light? And then the rest of the song, I don't know, if you know it, you will understand the words. Um, it talks about the fact that there was this battle going on and it night they saw the flag at its at the last gleaming of twilight and then they're saying wait a second can we see it in the morning um they ask um does that star-spangled banner yet still wave over the land of the free and the home of the brave all of that i love that piece of music it's just kind of one of my favorites now the other thing that i'd like to share with you um musically is I'd like to talk about this is a weird one but it was one that's always kind of stuck with me the Marines hymn or the United States Marine Corps hymn it is a weird one to pick okay I will admit this but my dad was well is a Marine okay they always say that you never retire from being a marine you were always a marine that was part of growing up is that my dad was in the marine corps reserves um and so it's one of the things that we always came to you know respect about his service was that he was in this branch of the military and they had their own hymn and so i learned it from a young age um one of the things that i always like to point out is this is really hilarious to me i don't know if i've mentioned this in the past or not but the third verse to the marine corps hymn is pretty interesting um, allow me to read the lyrics to you it says here's health to you and to our corps which we are proud to serve in many a strife we fought for life and never lost our nerve. If the army and the navy ever look on heaven's scenes, they will find the streets are guarded by United States Marines. I have always loved that line because I thought just the audacity, just the audacity of that particular phrase from one of the branches of the military to in their own hymn call out their own piece of music call out the uh, two other branches of the united states military it's pretty it's pretty funny to me just the gall and the audacity and i would expect 
nothing less from the United States Marine Corps. Those of you who, um, you know, understand the the meme of the Marines, um, they're the crayon eaters, they're the jarheads, they're the ones that, you know, just kind of run head first into everything. Um, but they also get the job done when you need them to. So it's it's pretty interesting. I wouldn't classify my father as any of those, by the way, jarhead, crayon eater, any of that. I believe my father has always been a very intelligent man. And so it's just really funny to me, just really funny to me that in their own hymn, they call out these other branches of the military. Anyway, I've rambled about that enough. So I hope you've enjoyed a little bit of this take on patriotic music those are just three i could go on there are plenty of others i love god bless america i love america the beautiful um my country tis of thee or as its official title actually is america those are all amazing songs and i probably should do a follow-up on this every year i should probably come back and do another um couple of different songs discussion about some other patriotic songs as we go along but i think we've gone a little long for today so i'm going to wrap it up there if you have any feedback please reach out on twitter that's at tom said what at t-o-m-s-e-t-w-h-a-t again that's at t-o-m-s-e-d-w-h-a-t on twitter Um, let me know what you like about the show or um, there should be a way to leave me a review on whatever podcasting service you are listening to. I will ask if you get the opportunity, please listen to me over on Spotify because that'll help me actually find a way to get monetized for this again. And uh, leave me suggestions. Let me know what you want me to talk about. And I'll talk to you all next time. <laughs>